Hey everybody and welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Just before we get into this episode, if you are listening live as it's come out before the 15th of February, then there is still time for you to get a group together for Limitless One, seven locations, one event, one Limitless family. That's right, on the 15th of February, 6 to 9 p.m. at seven locations around the country, we'll be gathering young people for an evening of worship, the word, teaching, ministry, and a whole load of fun. So check out the website, limitlesselim.co.uk forward slash one to find the location closest to you. And we'll look forward to seeing you there. Well, hi everyone. It's Ollie Ward here. Ollie Ward from the Limitless Academy, uh, heading out. And I'm here hosting the Limitless Leadership Podcast because the wonderful Tim Alpha is on the <laughs> other side of the mic, just going to be spouting his wisdom for us today. So I'm, I'm here to receive it on your behalf. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this side of the microphone. I'm too used to uh, asking the questions and learning things for myself. We'll see how we go. No, it's going to be good. I'll <laughs> we'll get forward to it. And we're, we're going to be talking about all about leadership blind spots over the next uh, couple of episodes. And this is a bit of a... Is it something you've been, you've talked about before in other contexts? Something you've done some research and thinking on? So it's it's really good stuff. Um, so why why don't you talk us through a little bit about what it is as as a concept overall? Why why are these important things to talk about? These blind spots for leadership. Yeah. So if you think about the the concept of a blind spot when you're driving, so the idea the idea is that you you can see uh, through your Windscreen? I, I lost the word there for a minute. Wind, windscreen? I was thinking, what's that big thing I look through when I drive a car? Yeah, yeah. The glass? I don't what is it? You can see through your windscreen, you can see through your rear view mirrors, through your wing mirrors, but there's a little bit over your shoulder uh, that you cannot see in, you know, through looking at, at, at any of those things. Um, but the nature of a blind spot is that other drivers on the road can see that it's only you in the driver's seat who can't see it it's a blind spot and so the only way that you can see into that blind spot is if you attention intentionally adjust your posture to be able to engage with it right. and, and i've come to believe the same thing's true with our leadership there are some things in 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 the life of the leader that we can't see for ourselves but usually the people around us can see them, whether that's our colleagues or the people that we lead. If we're married, definitely our spouse can see them. Sure. Um, but 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 we're but we're blind to them ourselves. Hence the nature of a, of, of a blind spot. Um, and I remember uh, uh, about a year ago, I was I was in my car. I was going to to a place, and my, the sat nav had taken me. You know, from the postcode, it had taken me to the wrong place. I was getting close to to being late. And so I was getting really, really frustrated. I pulled over at the side of a roundabout, quiet roundabout in an industrial estate where, it, where the sat-nav had landed me. And um, I, I you know, took the phone off of the kind of sat-nav like holder thing. I typed in uh, an alternative address that I hoped would get me there. I put it back on. I looked in my rear view mirror, nothing there. And I pulled out. Um, but I hadn't checked my blind spot and there was a car there. So I had to slam on the brake really quickly um, because I... I nearly crashed into this car because I hadn't checked my blind spot. And I think the same is true with the leadership blind spots that we'll be, you know, talking about over the next few episodes. If we don't intentionally engage with them, 
our leadership could be heading for a crash that we didn't see coming because we were unaware of 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 these areas of of weakness in our leadership so that's the general principle of a of a leadership blind spot that's good so putting some work in in the present to avoid a a potential problem in the future exactly that exactly that great stuff well well let's get on to it then and why don't you take us through uh the blind spots and the the first one i believe is called people pleasing people pleasing yeah Uh, uh, this is a classic isn't it uh uh, I love it in uh, Galatians where the Apostle Paul, he writes, uh, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. And then he says this, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. That's really challenging, isn't it? Um, because in youth ministry, what we know is that everybody has an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion about our youth ministry, whether it's uh, the parents of our young people, the young people themselves, whether it's uh, our church leaders or, or, or elders or vicars or pastors, whatever that's like in your context, um, the people on our teams, whatever it is, ev- everybody is, uh, has got an op- opinion. Uh, and of course, the problem is that very often those different opinions are in direct conflict with one another, right? So for as many people who are saying you should be doing this thing, there are a whole other group of people who are saying the, the exact opposite. So you can't do both. The danger, therefore, when you try to please people and pleasing people is the goal of your leadership or ministry, is that you end up settling for a a mediocre middle ground that doesn't offend anyone, but it also doesn't inspire anyone. And that's the real danger of 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 uh, people pleasing. You, You can become so inoffensive that you become ineffective. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember listening to um, to Amy or Ewing at the National Youth Ministry Weekend. She she gave a really good message, but one of the things that she said was this: she said, "Whenever God's people endeavor to do God's work, it will not go unopposed." And then she said, "You've not really led until you have been opposed." And I just thought that's so true because leadership is about change, right? And inherently people don't like change um so it's important that i should say like what i'm not saying is we're intentionally trying to offend everyone i'm not saying we're intentionally trying to upset everyone it no quite quite the opposite we hear from god we try to lead towards a destination and we do everything that we can to bring as many people along that journey as possible but we don't let the naysayers uh, and and the cynics um, and the the laggards <laughs> um, prevent us from pursuing the thing that God has asked us to do because because we just have to please everybody and, and nobody likes upsetting people nobody likes well very few people enjoy confrontation but this can be a real blind spot because it just it when we try and please everybody we just end up with this kind of ministry mediocrity that's not inspiring to anybody right right so <clears throat> i guess what in order to Im- avoid doing this is it a question of priorities and making sure your priority is not is not being liked and the people around you it's it's remind yourself of what you're called to do it's absolutely that i think it starts within us doesn't it because um why do i want to please people well a lot of it's probably my insecurity um, I want to be liked. I want to be appreciated. I want people to think I'm a, 
a great youth leader or or a communicator or, or, or whatever it is um and if i am doing things that people don't like then that can really kind of play on my insecurity so i i, I think it starts with having a solid sense of our own identity knowing that god uh, we god's approval is not is not something that we earn it's something that we we're given and so we lead from approval not for approval but if we don't have that solid sense of our identity rooted in god then it's very easy that we begin to lead for the approval of people but that's that's because i don't have my identity rooted in in the approval that i've already been given so i think that is where it starts for sure um but yeah, then after that, I think it's it's what you what you said. It's about clarity uh, as to what God has called us to do, and and not not being knocked off that that course because of people who who don't necessarily like that destination. Yeah, no, that's good. I just I'm just conscious that perhaps my if this if this is going to be a blind spot for me, yeah, the the way it's going to be a blind spot for me is with the young people. Mm. Is that I'm I'm keen for them to obviously like me, but to to trust me, get on with yeah. me. Um, and I'm also keen to involve them yes. in the youth ministry and to get their opinion. Did you enjoy that? Is that the kind of thing you want to do? Um, it, where's the balance, I guess, is the question between getting the young people involved and asking their opinion, but also not pandering to them, not not just seeking to please them, but to, but to lead? Yeah, that's a brilliant question. Uh, so uh, some folks who are listening to the podcast will know that one of our core values at limitless is listening is our culture and so that means listening to god but it also means listening to the people that we lead and serve um so listening to to our young people is super important and i'm 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 all for it uh and i'm all for being intentional about creating ways that we can hear the voice of our young people and allow um them to shape our ministries with us but one of the things that I've discovered on on this journey of really being intentional about that is kind of what we touched on a few moments ago. That um, when you, I guess, scout for for opinion, almost never do you get consensus. Right. Ever wants something different. Exactly. So so that listening exercise. You know, here's how I think I see it. The the exercise of intentionally listening to our young people is part of the process of listening to God because we believe that God speaks through them um and so again we can't we can't do two things that are in direct opposition it's not possible but if we if we if there's a real sense or among the young people that hey I think this is what we should be doing we think this is what God is saying um, and that resonates with you, you know, and it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Um, then that's where you go. Even if there might be a couple of few young people who actually said something different to you, because um, because you see the danger is yeah. that you don't do that thing that you felt the resonance of with God because you're afraid of upsetting the other ones who said the other thing. And so you just, again, you just get this mediocrity where nothing changes. You keep it as neutral as possible. Everything stays the same forever because you don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I am in danger of doing that, I think. Yeah. But I think particularly with the young people that are less, like, in the group. Yeah. They're, they're not, like, they haven't got necessarily a strong friendship group. I'm, I need to make sure their voices aren't over loud in when I'm taking it yeah interesting yeah Um, interesting otherwise I'm in danger of doing that 
Yeah. And I, th- I think you, you're aware of people's personalities as well. Um, and, you know, the other thing about this is sometimes when you... The other thing I found is when you go after people's the, the opinion of young people, because we've done this in our youth ministry as well. We've done it in the form of surveys. We've done like literally asked people to fill in a, a survey. We've done it in the forms of group discussions. We recently did it in the form of post-it notes. Um, uh, the best thing about Limitless Malvern is one thing I'd like to do differently at Limitless Malvern is, and um, just two days ago from the recording of this podcast, we sat together as a team and we went through those post-it notes. And actually, we are, we're making some changes in our youth ministry b- because of that. But one thing I found is that when you ask young people to engage in that, sometimes they're thinking of something just because you've asked them to think of something. So they've never thought of it until this moment. Um, so they're not really passionate about that you know thing that they're bringing to you Uh, and so again it takes a little bit of discernment to work out are they just saying that because we've asked them to say something or is there like a theme here where something keeps coming up and you know you know this is really going to be something that helps our youth ministry going forward yeah that's great that's really helpful stuff i know that whenever i ask my young people how we can help them connect with god they just say more food. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and, it's largely more food. Yeah. <laughs> and that is what happened with our post-it notes the other day. As well. Everyone said, it's some, there were some variations, like some people said donuts, for example. Uh, you know, so they're a bit more specific about the food, but generally food was... food. Was, if there's food, I'll see God. So, well, Jesus was a big fan of food. So he was. Maybe yeah. not there was lots of food in Jesus' ministry, so... That's great. So that's that's people pleasing. That's the the first uh, blind spot. Uh, yeah. The first leadership blind spot is people pleasing, and the second one is unwillingness or inability to empower others. Yeah, and this this one uh, was a blind spot for me until somebody pointed it out for me, um, and uh, so I, I had the opportunity. Uh, it, it was quite a while ago now, maybe four years, five years, maybe ago, to sit with a um, a leadership uh, consultant. And um, we're a privilege to be able to do that. And she said a whole bunch of things in in that um, in that meeting that were helpful. But there was one that stood head and shoulders above the rest. And th- that was when she um, she said to me, she said these words. I'll ne- I will never forget it. She said, "Tim, you're more of a Harley Davidson than a bus." And I was like, yes, yes, I like this. I like this leadership consultancy situation. This is, I can see why you've got so far in your career. <laughs> and then she said. You go really far, really fast, but you don't take many people with you. And I was like, oh, burn, shots fired. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But here's the thing. She was right. And she pointed out a blind spot. And the thing that I learned that day, Ollie, was that leadership and achievement are not the same thing. Um, Because I could work really hard and achieve a load of things off of my own energy and effort. But that's not leadership because... Leadership is the art of maximizing the potential in others. And so this is a blind spot because if we are either unwilling because we want to be in control of everything that happens, or we are simply unable because we don't know how to do it to empower others, we're not really leading, we're just accomplishing, and it's not the same thing. Uh, so that's been a real, uh, a, a real lesson for me um and and it's been a blind spot that that yeah that day the the torch you know got shone onto that blind spot and i saw it and i and i immediately made changes to my leadership so at um at that time i was um i was uh, about to to pioneer and pioneer a new youth ministry in Malvern. 
just as I had that meeting. It came around the same time. And so I made a decision that that youth ministry was going to be about me trying to empower as many other leaders as possible. So, and I think that people would say that unless you were on the team, you wouldn't necessarily have known that I was leading that ministry because I was rarely on the microphone. Right. Uh, uh, so we had people who were leading our games. We had people who were running the kind of uh, what we called the comfy chair slot, which was like our testimony thing. You know, there were people, there was somebody who was running a a, a prayer space. And, and and I tried to empower as many of the folks on our team as possible to grow in their leadership. But that couldn't happen when I was always holding the microphone. Um, now in amongst our team, I would clearly lead and I would set culture and I you know try to encourage the leaders but I just try to re, um, release as much responsibility as possible. I, I've, I've heard it said that if you delegate tasks, you create followers. But if you delegate responsibility, you create leaders. Right. Uh, because people need responsibility in order to be able to grow. Right, they need um, to feel like they can actually do something with it and not just fulfil the task you've given them. Yeah. That's it, that's it. Because if they're, if, they're, if they're just fulfilling a task, they're not... They're not leading, are they? Because they're not having to make any decisions. They're not having to gather people around them to, to help help them do it. They're not in turn having to empower others. They're just like, if could you do this by this time and do it like this? Mm. Well, that's just a job's worth. Is it a job? You know, a job's body. It's just accomplishing something. It's not. It's not going to enable somebody to fulfil their potential and to step into their gift in God. That's the other thing that's important with it as well, Ollie. I think is it's it's about seeking to identify the gift of God in the people around you and entrusting them with responsibility according to that gift. And sometimes I can be tempted to do it the other way around. I need this done, I need this done, I need this done. Uh, uh, and we've got this this thing that needs somebody taking responsibility for, this thing somebody needs to take responsibility for. So if you can do that, you can do that, you can do that. And we start with the task rather than with the person. Right. I know I can fall for that trap. But so much better, isn't it, to start with the person and say, I can see... Um, that you are that you're really passionate about prayer and intercession so how would you feel about leading a prayer space and and leading leading our times of prayer as a team for example because i can see what that you're really good at i can see god's giving you a real gift of communication so why don't you host are you saying i'm going to help you do that i'm going to invest in you help you do that so you start with the person and the gift rather than with the task right so it's not it's not just giving opportunity to people it's I guess it, it's noticing what's already in someone and calling it out. It's exactly. Um, I mean, that's, that's that's so much of both leadership and youth ministry, isn't it? Yeah. Noticing the gift of God in somebody's life and calling it out of them. Good stuff. Well, let's let's talk about one more. Okay. I think for this episode, uh, and this is hidden pride. Yes. Yes. And I, I think of probably of all the blind spots that we'll talk about over these episodes. This is the most dangerous one. And it's the most dangerous one because, as Scripture says repeatedly, God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. What what chance have we got if God is in opposition <laughs> to our ministries? We've got no chance. Um, and so the, the reason I, I call this blind spot a hidden pride is because I'm not talking about um, blatant arrogance. Uh, hopefully that's that's nobody listening but even if it is you know we probably have the social skills to know that you don't just 
um, openly boast about your achievements. <laughs> uh, well, at least not in person. We, we sometimes do on social media, but... Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a strange meeting where someone yeah. just listed off everything they'd done that was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, so, I'm, so, so pride, I, it, can be, it's, it can be something that, certainly for me and, and, and for most of us, I think, lurks away in the kind of recesses of our heart in less of and, and presents itself uh in in less obvious ways and so i've begun to to notice in me i guess some of the presenting symptoms that would cause me to go oh that that's a symptom of pride right yeah so that's that's again why it's a blind spot it's not the obvious forms of of of, of blatant narcissism on that yeah, sure. it's, it's, it's the more it's hidden more difficult forms, to yeah. see and stuff so let, let, let's talk about some of those presenting symptoms as you call them so what about the the humble brag <laughs> yeah the humble what brag that like? well we know the humble brag usually usually the humble brag uh, uh, arrives on social media though it can arrive in our conversations as well and that is when we say something that sounds self-depreciating but really it's subtle boasting um, so often this comes out when we're talking about how busy we are like oh man I've just been so busy traveling around places speaking at so many events oh I'm so tired it sounds self-depreciating but it's secret boasting you know what I mean and um, and that that is a that is a symptom of hidden pride because we don't want to openly boast about our accomplishments because we know that's not cool yeah. <laughs> but but we do want to boast. And so the humble brag is the way that we let that out. Um, so that's just a, yeah, it's a presenting symptom, I guess, of, of hidden pride. So unless, unless you know you're, you've, got, you've got some issues there. That's good. Okay. What about addressing people of influence differently then? Oh yeah. This is a, this is a big one. I think this is when, um, this is the leader who um, addresses people who are in inverted commas below them or beside them differently to the to the way they engage with people in positions of influence or authority so when they're with somebody who is in a position of influence or authority who's perhaps a gatekeeper for them who can can give them greater opportunity than you know than they've got right now say you know they 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 make more eye contact with those people they give them their fuller attention they listen more intently to these people because they hope that those with greater influence can open up greater opportunity for themselves um so it's it's pride in the more subtle form of selfish ambition um because um we we don't value the people who we lead as much as we value the people who are above us or can create opportunity for us because we think they'll do more they can do more for us Yeah. yeah yeah and i guess well i know that young people clock this quick yeah. If you if you, this is happening, yeah. young people are, are not blind to this when, when you're doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they don't like it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you, yeah, exactly. You're you're hundred percent right. You know, when you you suck up to people in authority and you think that's going to open a door for you, but you can't give the time of day, you know, to to, to the person who's never going to be able to open up influence for you. It's yeah. it's it. Yeah. It it reveals selfish ambition. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. All right, well, let's move on into the dominating meetings or conversations. Yeah, th- this is the leader who who fills the conversation with the young person or the meeting with the team with, with the sound of their own voice. Uh, you could say it's verbal diarrhea, <laughs> but more likely it's it, it, it's it's hidden pride because though 
we would never articulate it in this way. What it reveals is that we somewhere deep down believe that our contribution is more valuable than the contribution of the other people in a room. Um, and so we want to give ourselves more airtime because we think that's going to help us make more, more progress. Um, so obviously that's a, that's a sign of hidden pride, but it's also dangerous because it means we fail to get the best out of the people around us and we're continually missing out on learning opportunities because we don't gather the insight in the room right. because we think we've already got the insight, we bring it in the space where everybody has to speak. Exactly. make it all about us and it, it quiets the other voices. Exactly in the room. that, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Great. All right, well, let's, let's move on then to taking credit for team accomplishments. This one seems a bit... Uh, Bit savage. Yeah, I, I, I've heard it said that um, that a great leader will take a little more than their share of the blame and a little less than their share of the credit, and I think that that's right. Um, and so I want for us, you know, who are listening to to be leaders who are always trying to shine the light on on somebody else. So, uh, and I try and be really intentional about this, you know. So, so. Um, Every other month, I, I have to go and give a report on the ministry of, of Limitless to the team of leaders who lead me. And I try and be really deliberate about saying, and, you know, this person just did a really great job of that. And I just want to say thank you to this person who made that happen. Because the danger is if I, go, if I give the report and say, and this happened and this happened, and isn't it great that this happened and these people showed up and this person got healed and these people got saved, isn't that wonderful? That they all go, oh, Tim, you're amazing that you did all of that. Well, yeah, yeah. well, no, I'm part of a team that that, that did all of that, and so I want to give credit where, where credit is due, rather than take it for myself, because that is a that is a symptom of of, of hidden pride. Uh, the, a, a great example of of this was when I saw um, I watched Sports Personality of the Year, and saw Gareth Southgate being being presented with with an award, and. Um, uh, Gabby Logan was hosting and she said to she said to Gareth Southgate uh, she said you must be very proud of your players and yourself and, and Gareth said you know I'm really proud of the players uh, and he was given the coach of the year award she pushed it a little bit further she said um, uh, uh, you know so well done Gareth you, what an amazing job that you've done and Gareth said this I wrote it down he said this when a coach is recognised as doing well it's because their players are doing well I just thought that's great leadership. He's trying to pass on the credit to the people who 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 he's working with. I think that's what that's what great leaders do. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing more demoralising than spending ages doing something, working part of a team, doing a lot of jobs you probably don't want to do yeah. because you know they need to be done. Yeah, and then for someone else to be like taking all of the credit and, exactly, and, not, yeah. and not sharing that as a team thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, and I think we we try to do that publicly and privately. So. I try to um, elevate other leaders around me when they're not there to other people to talk about them behind their backs, <laughs> but positively. Yeah. Uh, but I also try to do it when they are there. You know, if it, if somebody's giving a report in one of our team meetings, I you know, and not 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 flattery, not making it up. If they are doing a great job, just to say hey, and I just want to say she's doing a really good job, and you know, we're really grateful for the effort you've put in for that. Yeah, tell us what's going on. You know what I mean? Just yeah. it, to their face and behind their back to be praising people when they've done things well. I think um, 
I think that's how you combat this form of hidden pride. You choose to do that. Make it make a conscious decision. And I guess it it can come from a place of like insecurity that you you maybe want to present a really good view of yourself. Yeah. Because maybe it's back to the first one. You want people to like you. Yeah. Yeah. And the irony is that if you if you don't do that, if you share with the team, you say actually no, it's not just me. It's, It's we did this together. It it forms a stronger bond between your team. Yes. So people start liking you more. Yes. <laughs> That's so true. It's so true. It, it, wor- it works for you, not against you. Yeah. Great. All right, well, let's go on to another presenting symptom then. This one's called slow to admit and apologise for mistakes. Yeah, well, th- this is the other side of, of, of the coin of, of the last one. This is, you know, uh, this is when we, we, we pass the blame rather than, take the blame on on our on ourselves um you know i remember when um i i remember when we had one year uh you were there you'll remember uh we used to do an event uh, at limitless called the gathering um it was a weekend event and um you know over a thousand young people would, would, would come to this event from all kind of four corners of the country and so obviously to do things like this you've got to have a big team of volunteers um and I remember that uh, one year we screwed up the accommodation um, for the volunteers. So I had a phone call one night from from uh, one of the guys on our team, and um, you know the, the accommodation had, the accommodation was only church floors, right. but it, it, it happened that the guys and girls were in the kind of same room, and you had to find like this makeshift solution, and you know everybody was tired and frustrated. Um, now. The thing about this was, um, directly, I didn't have anything to do with organising the accommodation for the volunteers. That was somebody on my team. But it didn't mean it wasn't my fault, because I was a leader. And so the next morning, when I was with the volunteers, what I didn't do was stand up and say, I'm so sorry, guys, this person really screwed up. They made a mistake. They didn't. They didn't get it right when they booked the uh, when they booked the church for you guys to sleep in. Um, so if you if you feel want to feel cross, that person over there is the person you want to feel cross with. Of course not. Um, I said, I'm really sorry. We screwed up. It shouldn't have happened. Um, and we're gonna sort it out. We're gonna make sure it's sorted for you for tonight. Um, but today, I'm. I'm asking you to give your, your best to the team. And you know what happened is they gave a round of applause. Um, and I think that we think that when we admit mistakes, that um, our leadership kind of uh, gets knocked down a few rungs in the eyes of the people that we're leading. I think it's the opposite thing. I think people people want to follow a leader who, who can be real and honest um, about... People don't want to follow a, a perfect leader um, but they do want to follow somebody who will, who will take responsibility for the team because that you want to be on that person's team, right? Yeah. You, you know that you're not going to get hung out to dry. Yeah. Um, you know that there's going to be a shared responsibility for the, for the, for the mistakes of the team. And it doesn't mean you don't, you know, when, when folks make mistakes that you don't address those things privately behind the scenes and say, hey, you know, what happened there? Where did it go wrong? How are we going to make... You, you, you do all of that. But publicly, as the leader, you've got to be the one... Um, like we like we said a few moments ago, taking a little less of your share of the credit 
and a little more of your share of the blame. So it's owning everything, wins, yeah. mistakes, failures, owning everything in the yeah. team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What yeah. What about? I guess maybe is is this, is this another side of this one where you personally have done something wrong, or there's some aspect of your character that needs work, yeah, or whatever, and someone calls it out, and is it is it also being being quick to address that and put your hands up and say, yeah, you know what? Like you said, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Let's. Yeah, it, yeah, it is because um, I think when we're defensive, when we're challenged, um, again, I think that that re- that reveals a, a hidden pride because um, h- humble leaders want to learn and they want to grow, and e- even in their harshest criticism, there's there's usually some little nugget of truth hidden away in there if we'll be humble enough to seek it out, um, and so um, it doesn't mean that we take on our shoulders every critic's idea but it does mean that we don't immediately bat a challenge away but that we take a time to consider it and we go is that right have they seen a blind spot in me that i've i've not noticed um and maybe we'll come to the conclusion actually no i don't think that was right i think they were just angry or tired or upset but sometimes we might go actually maybe they've got a point um, and so, yeah, uh, if we're defensive when we're challenged, that reveals uh, that reveals a, a bit of pride, I think, within us. But um, a, a humble leader will try to to find the little nugget of truth hidden away in the in in, in the in that challenge. Yeah. And, that, and that's the, that's the name of this next presenting symptom of defensive yeah. when challenged. That's really hard. Yeah, that's really difficult. Yeah, because in in the moment, you you it's almost like human nature in it to to respond yeah who are you who what are you doing who are you saying that about yeah or to explain it we go oh yeah but we do do this or yeah but we did do that or yeah but we that that's that's the nature of the the defense because again you don't want to look bad you don't want to look like you failed or that you're foolish you you know you want to present success um but again this is what pride does pride robs us of learning opportunities yeah um you can only learning comes from a posture of, of humility because you have, because you have to lower yourself uh, enough to go. That person sees something I don't see. Mm. Or there's something I need to learn. Yeah, um, which is exactly a humbling thing. Yeah, yeah, great. What about the next one then, called low self-esteem? Yeah. Now th- this is a bit of a, a strange one. Because you're thinking low, l- low self-esteem. Surely that's the opposite, the very opposite of pride. Uh, in some cases, yes. But um, C.S. Lewis, he he says this is a famous uh, definition of pride. He says. That humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. But the thing is, when we're racked with low self-esteem, though the thoughts we are having towards ourselves aren't positive, we are no less consumed with thoughts about ourselves. And so somewhere in there is pride. Because we again, we've turned the lens in on ourselves. We're not we're not about others. We're, we're we're about us. It might be negatively about us, but it's still all about us. So you know, this is a <laughs> this is a form of hidden pride that we can approach more compassionately. But still, if if humility is thinking of ourselves less, uh, then to be continually thinking about ourselves must be therefore a sign of hidden pride. Yeah, yeah that's great. There's a little a little Latin phrase. That uh, I think I think it's Martin Luther uh, termed it called Homo incurvatus insay. Okay. And it is it literally means humanity turned in on itself. Yeah. And yeah. the idea that was when we were created, 
God created us to be turned out towards towards God, towards the world, towards each other. Yeah, that's it. And yet sin distorts it and, and bends yeah. us in on ourselves. Yeah, and that can be positively, that's not the right word, but in the form of narcissism, sure. like, yeah, it's all, I'm, I'm wonderful, I'm brilliant, I'm amazing. Probably more often, though, it's, oh, I'm rubbish, and I'm so, you know, we beat yeah. ourselves up. But we're still we're still the centre of our own worlds in that instance, aren't we? Yeah, because yeah. it, it, takes, it takes bravery to turn out mm. and to meet, meet other people sometimes because yeah. often you don't, you don't feel capable to yeah. do that or, or there is deep down inside you some, some angst about what yeah. they're going to say, what they're going to think. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a brave thing. Yeah. Great. About jealousy of other success, the next symptom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, scripture says, doesn't it, mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. But sometimes we rejoice when others mourn and mourn when others rejoice. Um, because we're jealous, you know. We see, social media feeds into this, doesn't it? We see, sure. you know, we scroll through our Insta feeds, and it feels like everybody else is more successful than us, and you know they've got a bigger youth group than us, and all and all of that kind of stuff. And you know, we some, some, something wonderful happened in someone's youth ministry, and rather than celebrating that, rather than thinking, isn't it wonderful that that young person was filled with the Spirit, that young person gave their life to Jesus, that um, a whole bunch of young people, you know, showed up to that youth ministry for the first time. What we actually feel is, oh, I wish that was me. Uh, and again, it's 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 a form of, of hidden pride because it shows that when the thing we're really hungry for isn't the kingdom of God on on earth as it is in heaven, the thing that we're really hungry for is our own success. Right. And that's that's rooted in pride. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then the last presenting sim- symptom then is slow to to serve behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and this is when um, we're quick to pick up on the opportunities that involve holding a microphone, <laughs> sure. being seen. Yeah, being seen. Those ones that are visible, and and slow to to pick up on the setting out and packing down the chairs and you know all the the kind of engine room stuff that makes these things happen. And often nobody knows about this but you. Um, no, you know nobody knows what goes on behind the scenes but you. Uh, but this is a key one, I think, when we're trying to raise up leaders as well, is um, I'm always wary of those who are who are quick to take up an opportunity that's visible and, and you know, but heads, heads go down when there's a, you know, something that needs to get done or an opportunity to serve. Because, uh, again, it, re- it reveals that that hidden pride in us. Yeah. And um, and as I say, you know, all of us, I'm sure, listening to this will will acknowledge some of those presenting symptoms in us somewhere but that is the process of sanctification isn't it we are we are being saved we are putting to death the sinful nature but by hopefully shining a light on some of these things the first way we deal with them is by acknowledging them right Be the way that yeah. yeah so this isn't to make anybody feel feel guilty or like oh no that's me that's me that's me the, the, the point is to go oh maybe that's me and it's good that i've noticed because now I can bring it before God and I can do something with it. Yeah, exactly. How, how, how do you maintain an awareness of this blind, of this blind spot? Because obviously with a blind spot, you look, and then when you, when you turn back to look through that thing that we're calling the windscreen <laughs> in this episode. Um, <laughs> Just for this special occasion. <laughs> when, you, when you turn back, you obviously you're unaware of it again. So how, how is yeah. it with this one particularly on? It's, it's surely something we all have. Mm. Um, how how do we make sure we're constantly checking it and being aware of it? Well, I th- as, as we said at the start, the nature of the blind spot is that it's something you don't necessarily see yourself, 
but the people around you can see it. So I think it's being intentionable, that's not a word, intentional about gathering feedback from the people around you. So for me, I've got an accountability group with, with two guys that I meet with every other month. And then in the months in between, I have a mentor that I meet with and I invite them to speak into my life and I invite them to bring challenge into my life. And I won't be, you know, I made a decision. I won't be defensive when they bring that um, because yeah. I, because they've they've earned my trust and I've and I've given them my trust, um, and they can they can speak that into my life. But also, I think um, uh, one way to do it would be to do a three hundred sixty degree feedback exercise, whereby you write some questions and you ask a young person to answer it. You ask your senior pastor or vicar, whatever that is for you to, to answer it. And you ask somebody on your team to, to answer it and see if anything comes up from, from, from all three of them that will help you to identify a blind spot um, in that way. Yeah. I guess just and then setting that in that you're going to do that on a regular basis. Regularly, yeah. Keeps you aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is. It's that it's that regular inviting. You know, um, I don't want my team to be thinking something about me that they don't feel they can say. Um, so hopefully I ha- I have created a culture in which we're able to bring that gentle and loving challenge to one another and they're able to bring it to me and they don't fear that I'm going to shout them down or cut them off from opportunities because I'm the leader and you can't say that to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. hopefully there's a culture around where people can say that to me. And we can create that culture by by inviting it. Um, but if we, this is so crucial, if we invite it, and when somebody is brave enough to bring it to us, we go, well, yeah, but the thing is, I do this and I do this, and I didn't do that, and I've also done this, that's the last time they'll ever bring it. So even if you've got a yeah, but inside you, you just keep that yeah, but to yourself. Um, and you go, thank you so much for bringing that to me. I really appreciate it. I'm going to go away and think about it. And then you begin to create a culture where that kind of feedback can be given and you can respond to it. Yeah, difficult, but really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Great. Well, it's, it's really helpful stuff. Uh, I think that's all we'll cover in, in this episode. I hope it's been helpful for you uh, listening at home or, or running or in the shower, maybe, wherever, <laughs> you're, wherever you're listening to this. Don't get electrocuted. Um, Thanks for tuning in and listening. I hope some of that stuff really is is helpful and you can put it into practice. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Ollie. Wait, don't turn off the podcast yet. I've got to tell you about Limitless One. Seven locations, one event, one Limitless family. And you are invited. It's on the 15th of February. It's just £5 a ticket. And remember, it is in seven locations, so it's not too far for you to go. So get your young people together and come along and hang out with us. We would just love to see you there. All the info and all of the venues and bookings are on limitlesselim.co.uk forward slash one. And you can find all the info on our social channels at Limitless Elim on Snapchat, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And finally, if you've enjoyed the content today and you think it would help another youth leader, then please do take a moment to share it via your social channels or rate and review it on your podcast provider. And we'll see you next time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Bye.